0: Hey everybody, happy Thursday, Thursday night football edition of Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you, of course, by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Please try ZipRecruiter at the exclusive address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs. At work today, my other job here at CNN, Ross Tucker joining us from home in Pennsylvania. A lot to get to today. We'll have an action-packed show and starting with Nick Costos later this hour from You Bet or You Bet, talking about the two 20-plus point spreads in the NFL this week. There is almost no precedent for that minus one exception. We'll get some previews from the Thursday night game. Also, Uh, one of the great stories in college football in recent weeks comes out of College Game Day. Yes, of course, the ESPN show every Saturday morning, how a guy with a sign asking for beer money ended up resulting in more than $100,000 going to a children's hospital. But Ross Tucker, let's start with Thursday night football, Jags and Titans. The big question, Jalen Ramsey, the high-profile elite shutdown corner, will he get dealt ahead of this game? It looks like the answer is no. Will he go somewhere tomorrow just to clear something up? He cannot play in two games in one weekend, but the question is why he would play in this one, if he's going to be traded, is that a stupid decision by Doug Marone, Ross? No, it's
1: the stupidest decision I've ever heard of in my life. And I'm glad you brought that up. Look, it, th- there's so many different things we could talk about here today. So, first of all, why do the Jags and Titans play on Thursday night every year? Every year since I was born in 1979 even when there was no Thursday night football, even when there was no Jacksonville Jaguars or Tennessee Titans, they still played on Thursday night. I mean, it is uncanny. It's it's like when they set the schedule, Dave, that's the first, that's the foundational piece of the schedule. Let's make sure we get the Jags Titans on Thursday night. Then we'll figure everything out. Uh, you know, the primetime games, Cowboys, Steelers, we'll figure everything else out. But first, We need to make sure we lock in that Titans Jags Thursday night. And I want to get into a discussion with you about now. Look, you know, we got Minshew mania and the Jags were in the AFC championship game a couple years ago. And the Titans have a solid team this year. I I'm not making fun of these teams. I'm not, but I think that if I went down the street here in Pennsylvania or in New York city where you are and said to people, what game would you least want to watch and gave them every possibility? I think Titans Jags would be up there. I I just think there's something about these teams that they just don't get a whole lot of national love for whatever reason. And they're kind of nondescript. And I just don't think that many people get excited Almost no matter who's on these, because there's some good players. You know, I'm excited about Derrick Henry and Fournette and Minshew May, But it's just, it's just that kind of game. So we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> As for the Jalen Ramsey thing, Dave. Okay, dude. Ian Rappaport has hinted multiple times that the day for him to be traded is tomorrow. Doug Marone has said he's going to play tonight. Can we please, please use just a couple of brain cells? If you're the Jaguars and you are going to trade arguably your most valuable asset, which is a whole other conversation, and you're going to get a first round pick and more back tomorrow. Why? Why would you risk an injury to Jalen Ramsey tonight? Why would you do that? You've already made the decision you're going to move on from him, my guess is, based on Ian Rappaport hinting, and then you would play him tonight and trade him tomorrow. And by the way, Dave, Jalen Ramsey, a new contract's probably part of this trade that happens tomorrow. If they trade him tomorrow and they played him tonight, If I'm Jalen Ramsey, the last thing I want to do is play in a game tonight and subject myself to possible injury when I might be getting a deal with over $60 million fully guaranteed, close to $20 million a year tomorrow. I mean, this reminds me of The Wedding Singer when Adam Sandler couldn't believe that the girl that stiffed him didn't tell him this stuff yesterday. Yesterday. Well, Jalen Ramsey might get traded tomorrow. So what are we talking about here?
0: I don't know. I can't imagine that Jalen Ramsey can do anything tonight that would help his trade value. That would be the only reason I could imagine uh, wanting that to happen, is that they need to try to boost the trade value. But that has already been baked in. Perhaps it's needing time to to buy leverage to to get a deal done. But look, there is no explanation. So let's just turn straight to the head coach Doug Marone, and have him explain the situation surrounding his star corner.
2: Jalen and I have always had a, a, a good open relationship where we've always been able to talk. And we sat down yesterday, we talked about, you know, what's going on as far as he and I and, you know, it's like anything else in this profession. You know, it's it's behind us now. Uh, his focus is on playing and being doing the best job for his teammates um, and my job being able to do the best job for the team so you know that that's behind us right now
3: All
0: right, else, so have you guys had a pretty good relationship over your
3: three years I mean I think there's a lot of a lot of people took took out of that the sideline disagreement that you guys were kind of not in love with each other but I think isn't that uh, maybe far
4: from
5: the truth uh,
2: you know, again, you'd have to ask him. But from, from my standpoint, a- absolutely. Yeah. I've always felt that we've been able to talk. We've been able to sit down. We have in the past, uh, you know, for, for multiple things that have come, um, you know, from when he's been here and when he's been um, at home in Tennessee.
5: Do you have any experience
2: with something like this, a guy requesting a trade midseason as a coach? I, I stay out of that. I, again, that's above, you know, what goes on. Um, I stay out of contracts, stay out of that stuff and my focus is on the guys you know that are playing and and he's playing and he's on the team so i don't i don't get involved in that
0: Well, the NFL ought to be thankful that Ramsey is playing. You take him out of this game, you take away any sex appeal this game has. It's still going to be watched by north of 10, 12 million people. I have knocked down the city of Jacksonville enough, so I probably (laughs) won't add to that fire. I think this is a decent enough matchup. I mean, it's it's not Washington. It's not Miami. Uh, I would think Cincinnati is less attractive. Uh, But you're right. There's probably not a whole lot of matchups across the league that are less attractive from a national perspective. So let me try to pump it up. Gardner Minshew, Minshew Media. we've talked about it. The mustache, the headband, the flare. Uh, and, and, and this adds some intrigue. A, an adult entertainment company, they're called Cam Soda. They have offered Minshew a $1 million endorsement deal <laughs> for leading a weekly exercise class, Cam Soda Fit, wearing nothing but a jockstrap or less, yoga, body weight or high intensity interval training, which I know Ross Tucker would be tuned into for every moment, but back to the Tennessee side of this one would imagine Jacksonville has one goal. And that is to bottle up Derrick Henry who thrashed them last time, 238 yards, that 99 yard touchdown that Derrick Henry, by the way, says he's tired of seeing. So I see this as kind of, a make or break, not a make or break, but th- this is one of those moments that Marcus Mariota can go out and try to take a large step toward getting $100 million. He's played good football this year. He hasn't turned it over. But when you have a solid defense doing nothing but trying to stop Derrick Henry and letting Mariota beat them, now he's on the stage to try to go out and show he's still that quarterback that people thought he was when taken uh, the first round.
1: You know, it's interesting, Dave, because I feel like people—more people—would watch Redskins-Dolphins than this matchup tonight. No, just because it's, yeah, just because it's Redskins-Dolphins. I, you know, they would want to see how bad the Dolphins are. The, I just, I just think there's something about the Jags and Titans. And by the way, Mario does not get a 100 million dollar contract. I mean, that would surprise me. He really has not progressed the way I thought and hoped he would. Isn't interesting? We talk about all these quarterbacks, Dave, and you've got Mariota and Jameis Winston, who were both thought of as like no-brainers, number one and number two overall pick in that draft five years ago. Neither one's got an extension. Everybody thought these guys, you know, they – both started multiple years at Oregon and Florida state and Heisman and national championship games. They had everything you want, all the pedigree, all the backup hasn't really happened for either one of those guys. They've both been middling and middling might even be a, a, a positive way to describe it. And let me say this too, Dave, about Doug Marone, you know, he's got to say what he's got to say. But when he says I you know, I, I don't I, I don't know anything about that trade request, you know, I just coach the players. That stuff's above me. Yeah, right, dude. Give me a break. Like that is laughable. And by the way, if that was the case, were the case, which one is it, Dave? If that was the case or if that were the case? Were. I'm going to go with were here. Okay. If that how do you know what the like how do you know which one to use when? I always mess that up. I feel like
0: I'd love to call back on my uh, journalism education, but I just go with what sounds right.
1: Okay. That's, <laughs> and I can't decide if it sounds right to say if that was the case or if that were the case, but if that were the case, because Dave's on CNN and if he screws up, he probably gets in a lot of trouble. There's probably a, I picture there being a lot of like uh, proper grammar people watching cnn and like just jumping all over
0: you if you say the wrong word at the wrong time is that true not so much at four to six a.m i'm sure in the latter hours people will jump on you but look people are just opening those eyes most of them are on a treadmill either sleep deprived or just trying to get that first second or third cup of coffee down so we, we get a lot of rope at that time all of right. the
1: morning. all right so here's what steve jung Our executive producer who by the way still doesn't have an avatar on our little private slack channel here which is just incredibly lame he says was is used in the first person singular and the third person singular I and he she it were is used in the second person singular and plural you your yours and the first and third person plural, we, they. All right, so which one is it for what I'm trying to say? I still don't know. I still don't get it. That helped me not at all. That helped me not at all. Thank you for nothing. Thanks for nothing, Johnny. Is that what? What's the name? What's the in in uh, Caddyshack? Thanks for nothing, Danny. Anyway, thanks for nothing. Uh, what the hell was I even saying?
6: You get me I on actually,
1: these tangents, Briggs. What the hell was I even talking about? Oh, um, even if that were the case with Doug Marone, not really knowing what the deal is with the trades and stuff like that, that's just even a worse reflection on him. I mean, A, it's not true and he's lying, and B, what, he, what he's trying to say it would be a terrible – oh, really? They're trying to trade him? I didn't even know. I have nothing to do with that. Really, dude? Really? And the funny thing is, is he comes out and this is kind of what you have to say, but he doesn't want there to be a perception out there that he has bad relationships with his players for his job right now or for future jobs. He's like, you know, the thing is, is Jalen and I have always had a great relationship. We sit down and talk. Hey, Doug, Bubby, Hans, Bubby, the relationship didn't really the relationship didn't really look that good on Sunday. I got to tell you. You went over, you were screaming at each other. Other players told you to get the hell out of there. I mean, Hans, Bubby,
0: it didn't look great. Do you know a movie that's from, so, by the way, Dave? Solid, I, I believe a solid diehard reference? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that that is a clinic Christmas movie or not?
1: Not a Christmas movie. Not- <laughs> not Christmas, a Christmas movies either. have to Christmas movies have to be about Christmas. That wasn't about Christmas. That was about John McClane and Die Hard. But, dude, not many people in, in one rambling, incoherent thought can have a reference to Caddyshack, a reference to Die Hard, and literally quote writingexplained.org for uh, whether to use was or were. Boom.
0: And Just still happened. didn't actually still didn't actually learn the grammatical lesson that your producer was trying <laughs> to suggest. Um, all right, question then on Jacksonville and on the other 0-2 teams around the league: Miami, Washington, Giants, Panthers, Bengals, Jets, Broncos, and Steelers being the other eight. Is Jacksonville the least hopeless of the group? Are they the one team of that nine that you think? Has a shot, an outside shot at the postseason? Or is it Pittsburgh? Is it Carolina? Give me one team that has one glimmer of hope of the 0-2 teams.
1: Ooh, Definitely not the Jets or the Dolphins. Definitely not the Bengals. I mean, the Steelers would be only if Mason Rudolph had more in him than I think he's got. I'll table the Steelers for right now. I don't like to say definitely with the Jags because maybe there's Minshew mania, but especially after they trade Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's not a, that's not a great sign. Uh, Denver Broncos. No giants and Redskins. No Panthers. No Cardinals are Oh, one and one. So I'm going to say if I gave life to any and two team, it would be the Steelers and the Jaguars. Those would be the two that I guess they're on life support right now. And really, I'd probably go, I'd probably go, Hmm. I think the Jags have a weaker division. And so like nine and seven might be able to get it done in the AFC South. But I just have more faith in the Steelers because I don't know, maybe Mason Rudolph's good and, they just traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, and I don't think that division's that great. Baltimore's out to a 2-0 start, but I don't think they're going to be like an 11-win team or anything.
0: I I actually would take Jacksonville, one, because of the division. I think it is a hot mess. And then Pittsburgh, two because I think Mason Rudolph is going to do a better job than some think. I, I don't think Roethlisberger was playing all that well. I think he might actually spice up this offense and maybe the connection with James Washington. I have a point and a question to ask you about the Giants and about Daniel Dimes, about Eli Manning's legacy and how it all connects. We'll get into that in a moment, but first, hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner discovered, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. So... We want you to see why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com enter. And now I want to dive into the conversation surrounding Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and the future Hall of Famer Eli taking a seat for what appears to be the end of his career. As you might expect, Eli Manning has always been and will always be a class act about this. Here he is reacting to his benching yesterday.
4: No other option but just to handle it and uh, do my job, support uh, support my teammates, support the Giants, and you know do what I you know can do to try to help uh, uh, you know go into football games. And, and right now, that's uh, you know getting Daniel and helping him and and uh, supporting him.
3: Eli, Do you wish you had a longer line? opportunity this year to, to show what you had?
4: Well, you know, that's just not, the, you know, uh, you can wish all you want. That's not the way it played out. And, and uh, you know, so uh, in some ways, you, you know, I signed up for this. No one, uh, you know, when you draft a young quarterback, this, this can happen. And, um, you know, I got to, I gotta you know, live with it and, and make the best of it. Eli, what was your initial reaction with Coach Schirmer coached you yesterday? Yeah, you know, just, uh you know, I knew, knew there was a possibility and, you know, just said, uh, hey, I'll, I'll handle it and uh, I'll support Daniel and I'll, I'll do, um, you know, I'll be a good teammate and, and, you know, do what I'm told. Just two games in, any element of surprise, or with the decision? You know, just, hey, um, you know, you just, you just, uh, when you're a football player, you do what you're told and, and, uh, and this is, you know, this is what I've been told and I'll handle it.
0: I've made no secret of my affinity for Eli the man. And he has 20 million reasons to take this like a champ. But as much as I have defended his character, I guess I want to see a little fire from him, a little disappointment, a little anger, and a little desire to take back that position. Am I wrong here, Ross?
1: Yes, you are. That that is very hypocritical. You want him to like you applaud him for how classy he is and how he handles things. And now when he handles something classy. You're mad because he wasn't angry enough or didn't show enough fire. He's not getting his job back, dude. It's over. I don't want, he knows it's over.
0: I don't want an angry rant. I want a guy that wants his job back. That's it. I, I love the class of this man. And I have waxed poetic about him many a time. I just want him to tell everyone that he believes he's the best quarterback on the New York Giants and that, uh, well, I, I guess that would be wishing that Daniel Jones fails. And here's my question about this situation. And I have gone on record as saying I believe Eli Manning is without a doubt a Hall of Famer because of the two-time Super Bowl MVP is not just the rings. But here's my question to you, Ross. If Danny Dimes goes out there and wins five or six games, whatever it may be, does that then reflect poorly on Eli's chances? If this team suddenly clicks – and Danny performs, and the offense is gelling and moving the football down the field, is Eli Manning, does his likelihood of ending up in the Hall become less if Daniel Jones performs well? Yes, it does.
1: Uh. Look, the last couple of years have hurt Eli's Hall of Fame candidacy. If he retired after they made the playoffs and went on the love boat, not the love boat, whatever the boat they went on before <laughs> they played the Packers, that wasn't the love boat. It was like a speed boat where they took that awesome picture where they're all like, yeah, yeah. What's up, baby? Yeah. Yeah. So ever since they lost that game, 17, 18, 19, it's been all downhill for Eli Manning. And if Daniel Jones comes in and they beat the Bucks on Sunday or he starts playing well, that makes Eli look even worse. It does. There's no question about it. And by the way, first impressions are really important, but last impressions are lasting and matter. So that would not be a good look for Eli for the Hall of Fame either. I mean, he's going to get in. It's kind of pointless to talk about. He's going to eventually get in. It's just a matter of how long he has to wait in my mind.
0: Yeah, I just can't escape the thought of Daniel Jones really rallying this offense, electrifying things, God forbid leading them to the postseason. We know the Giants have done it before at 0-2. We uh, One of the Super Bowl runs started with an 0-2 season. It just made me wonder, will, will he not get into the hall because the rookie performs so well? 12% of teams starting 0-2 have made the playoffs since expansion in 90. Houston and Seattle did it last year. Uh, I I say Jacksonville has a shot. Ross Tucker seems to think no 0-2 team turns around and makes it into the playoffs. Let's listen to Pat Shermer, though, on how he views the QB change there for the Giants.
3: Pat, do you believe that
0: Daniel Jones
3: is the better quarterback right now?
5: Daniel Jones is ready to play, and we're going with him. Yes. And the reason I say that is because we do everything we can to win football games, and at this point we feel like he's the guy we want to move forward with.
3: certainly a school above that, if you brought Eli Manning back, and you paid Eli Manning yeah. to be the starting quarterback that two games isn't enough of a window to... I, you know what, I
5: don't, I don't see that. I, I don't understand that narrative because, you know, <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to have the benefit of, to start here, 14 games of a guy that's done it. I mean, this guy is what a giant exemplifies, not only as a player, but as a person and he's gonna have the benefit of, of this guy's assistance as we go through it. So my gut told me it was the right time, but that narrative that you don't bring Eli back, you know, I, I think that's just something for us all to talk about.
3: Pat, who had to sign off from the de, um, on this decision?
5: Well, I certainly made the decision and I had the conversation with all the parties involved. Um, and at some point they said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure.
0: Dave and John
5: absolutely you don't you don't do these things without talking to the people that you just mentioned
0: Ross do you believe that it was his decision and others signed off on it
1: yeah that's exactly what I believe I think Pat Shermer knows it's ultimately his job is not really going to be decided based on wins and losses and not at least not this year it's going to be based on the progress of Daniel Jones And he knew he wasn't going to win games this year anyway. He knows he's got to show some progress with Daniel Jones the second half of this year. And then he's probably got to have a winning season or close to it in 2020 with Daniel Jones. I think Pat Shermer realized there was no longer any value whatsoever for him to play Eli Manning. But he also knew that that's not just his decision. You know, you're going to, bench Eli Manning after everything he's done for the franchise you need Dave Gettleman the general manager to sign off on it and you absolutely need the owner of the team John Mara to sign off on it and who knows maybe Shermer wanted to move on from Eli this offseason Dave and wasn't given the opportunity I will say this in my experience five different teams there is more ownership involvement than people realize it usually never gets out though Because telling people that the owner made you do something is not a good way to get hired by other owners.
0: Yeah, look, I I do believe you hit it right there, that this decision was exactly the coach's decision. But going back early this year, going back to last year, has this decision been handed from the owner to the GM to the head coach, it does not appear that the decision making was linear, that there was one person making these decisions all along. Before we move on, let's hear from the man himself that we never really hear from, Danny Dimes himself, Daniel Jones, the new starter.
3: You know, yesterday when, uh, you know, when Coach Schumer told me and, and, you know, obviously Eli as well, I think, um, you know, we had a conversation and and um, as you all would expect, as anyone who knows Eli would expect, he was, you um, you know nothing but supportive of me, and, and obviously, you know I understand the the circumstance, and it's a uh, you know a difficult one. But he's uh, you know w- was very supportive of me, and, and uh, you know I can't say enough about about who he is, uh, you know as a person, as a teammate, and um, you know he's been that way since I've since I've gotten here. So um, you know we we uh, we had that conversation, and then we went about our our Tuesday preparing and watching film like um, like we have. Um, you know, the first two weeks. So, um, you know, I, I'm certainly certainly very very grateful and, and appreciative of um, of his support um, since I've gotten here.
6: Daniel, just to clarify, you had the conversation with Eli and Coach or separately with Coach, and then he had a, a separate conversation with Eli?
0: Uh, separately. they were all separate. Close your eyes and you almost hear Eli Manning and you watch him out there on the practice field. They almost resemble one another stretching, making similar facial expressions. You wonder uh, if it's going to appear like Eli Manning. I think it's going to be a tough start to his career. I think Tampa Bay's defense, Todd Bowles, runs a better D than people give him credit for. Could be a, a tough start, but then he gets Washington in week two. That could be a lot better. A guy who has a very strong take on this is Nick Costos from You Better You Bet. Oh, let's get them all fired up. And also we have to talk to him about this unprecedented week where two-point spreads are north of 20 points. Is he taking the over on the Cowboys and the Patriots? We'll get into that after a quick break here on Home and Home. All right, it's a free money Thursday here on Home and Home. Nick Costos of You Better You Bet joining us. Nick Costos, it's Ross Tucker, Dave Briggs. How you doing, my friend? You are sporting an Eli Manning jersey, well dressed for this day and all the subject matter. I like it. Does it have Costos on the back or does it say Manning?
6: Oh, no, it says Manning on the back. What's going on, guys? Great to okay, talk good. to you. By the, by, by the way, D- Dave, that's what I, I need to know, yep. like, in all seriousness. When you got dressed oh. for the show this morning, did you do that yeah. purposefully? Like, the outfit that you're wearing right now with the tie, like, hanging down, like, a little bit underneath the collar? Because it's, like, it's like impossible how you have these things set up. Like, you have to spend, like, hours doing this. There's, like, no way that you just, like, roll out of bed and look like this with the tie, like, perfectly askew underneath the collar. But, um, yes, it says Manning on the back. True story. I got this jersey six days after Eli was drafted in 2004 delivered to my house in Long Island in New York. My parents knew how important it was to me, drove it up to Fordham where I was uh, attending college at the time, my junior year, spring weekend, my junior year, put the Eli Manning jersey on. No one could believe I had it. One of the best days of my life was that day. (laughs) But again, it was time Uh, to bench Eli Manning. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, just to clear, okay, it up, so I, I get I got to sleep in this morning. Uh sorry, Russ. I got to sleep in until two thirty. I get dressed at three a m. this oh, is God. this is after work. You loosen up the tie and the collar and all that. Uh, but as for the handoff, your initial reaction was, what, and how would you liked the Giants to have handled Eli Manning on the way out?
6: Well, I mean, they should have they should have benched him or he should have retired a couple years ago. I mean, he's been shot for years, and it's kind of a bittersweet thing for me, right? Because, He's my all-time favorite athlete. Like, I'm 36 years old. I'm a New York sports fan. I'm a Yankees fan, too, as you can see by the hat. It's the New York douchebag starter kit I'm wearing right now with the Giants jersey and the Yankee hat. But I'm a football guy. Football's <laughs> my favorite sport. The Giants are my favorite team. You know, I, I was too young to see the 86 Super Bowl, so I, it can't be Sims, it can't be LT or any of those guys. It's Eli Manning, you know, beat, the, beat the, the undefeated team from Boston, the hated team from Boston, beat them again a couple years later. Like, how could Eli not be my favorite athlete? So I have, I have to juxtapose that with also the fact That he's made my team unwatchable for years now. He has stunk for years, and it's kind of sad, right? He should have retired. The team should have cut ties with him. If they're going to bench him, two games into the season, why did they guarantee his twenty-three and a half million dollar salary for this season? It never made any sense to begin with. But that being said. They did the right thing here. And I feel like Pat Shermer, like if you watch these press conferences, he looks like he's been held at gunpoint here talking about how like, oh, yeah, we can start Eli. Shermer has wanted to start Daniel Jones from the moment they drafted him with the sixth overall pick back in April. I think this offense is going to be more dynamic. Daniel Jones can actually move. What a novel concept, unlike the living, breathing gargoyle known as Eli Manning. (laughs) So I'm pumped to watch the Giants on Sunday in Tampa against the Buccaneers. Let's go Danny Dimes.
1: All right. So there, there's so much to say here. Uh, number one, anybody that gets, yes. anyone that gets yeah. their own name on the back of their jersey <laughs> is a douchebag. So I'm glad you didn't do that, Nick. I'm, I'm glad you didn't do <laughs> that. Thanks, Unfortunately, you also <laughs> were yes. at college and Yeah. and you were wearing out on a Saturday, you yeah. were wearing an Eli Manning jersey.
6: Oh, oh yeah! Like literally, like he got drafted. <laughs> I guess it was a week. He got drafted on a Saturday. That was when the NFL draft was. Like, the whole thing was on Saturday, right? It was this one-day event, like all day long. And I had it. I guess a week later, then, and I wore it on spring weekend, and it was awesome. And yeah, it's a little, a little douchey, a little nerdy on my part, but you know, I wouldn't do it now. But one of the best memories of my life. So yes, I will. Okay. I will accept all the slings and arrows for that decision. All right, so what? I guess my
1: thought would be I can totally see that for someone up until about 14 years old, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'll even give you like 16 years old, but okay. you legitimately thought that that was cool in college. Like, what did college girls say to you? Did they even look at you?
6: It, if, if I told you, that I, I swear on my father that this is the truth, I hooked yeah. up. That day, because of the Eli Manning jersey. That is the absolute no. truth. Look, I'm not trying. Yeah, I. Look, my, no. my father's been passed away for five years. I swear on his grave that that is the truth. It is the 100. 100- I would not make that up. It is the truth. I have no shame. I don't care. Like, I would I'm, not just I'm tell not you up with Marco here, but that is a true story. Yes.
1: Let me just tell you this. I don't even know that girl, and she <laughs> is pathetic. I yes, wouldn't.
6: She is. I agree. I would not I hook
1: up with her if I was 15 and hammer it out of my mind if she hooked up yes, with you would. because you're an Eli Man- And by the way, hold old are you Russ, now? Russ.
6: Russ. Let's be honest, Russ. You don't look like Dave Briggs, okay? Like you're you're, uh, you're you're more with me than you are with like with the with you know the Hollywood elite like Dave Briggs here, okay?
1: Okay. So so first of all, the amount of times that you reference Briggs's hair, looks, and attire yeah, it's outrageous.
6: Is, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, it's outrageous. Really
1: yeah. I think the best yeah, way like I, I think The best way to yeah. describe it is awkward. <laughs> But let me just say this, I'm not surprised you wore that Jersey at college because you're on a national, critically acclaimed digital show wearing not only a Jersey, but a Yankees hat. I mean, why don't you just, do me a favor, do me a favor. Take the hat off and today go to Staten Island and tattoo (laughs) New York douchebag on your forehead. N-Y-D-B. Ah. Forget about N-Y-P-D. Put N-Y-D-B right there on your forehead.
6: <laughs> Here's the problem. I came on like Eminem at the end of 8 Mile, and I like insulted myself, theoretically taking the bullets out of your guy's gun. I know I look like a douche. I had the gray crew cut, like like long sleeve crew cut. I look like I was about to rob a P.C. Richard, though, with the gray sweatshirt and the Yankee hat. Then I put the Giants jersey on during the break. So now I am in full New York douchebag regalia. And just on the 16-year-old thing, true story, when you remember the Jay Feely game, when Jay Feely missed all those kicks in Seattle for the Giants in 2006, I was literally so angry after that game, I was in tears. And I remember my sister looking at me, three years younger than me, and saying, "You need to grow up." And I remember thinking in that moment, "Yeah, she's right." And I think that was the last time I think I ever wore a jersey <laughs> or anything like that. I still, I still own this jersey, and I'm wearing it now. But she actually said to me, "Like, this has got to stop." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? She's probably right."
0: You know, I think I think you made a good point about Tucker. I mean, he comes in there after all the bodies are dead and fires a few more shots, like Arsenio Hall did in Harlem Nights. Man, you can't rip on a guy that just ripped on himself, man. But I give him credit though.
6: I give him credit though. I think that that's actually fine. You know, I'm more than happy to be the punching bag. That's that's absolutely okay.
0: All right, let's get some people some free money. Two spreads over 21 points. That's only happened once in the history of this league, and that was 1987, the strike season, the scabs. Although I look at these games and I think, yeah, I think I'd take the over on both. The New England and Dallas cover unprecedented spreads.
6: Yeah, I think that they're both lay. But NYDB is very funny, Ross. I'm kind of stuck on that right now. The New York douchebag, <laughs> <laughs> NYDB. That was that might be one of the funniest thing you've ever said. I love it. I think it's gonna be in my head for a while. Um, these games are lay it or don't play it. I mean, I took the Dolphins last weekend like on a lark cuz we were talking about it on you better you bet we thought it would be fun if like all of us on the show bet on the dolphins you know it ceased being fun when Ryan Fitzpatrick started handing out pick sixes like oprah hands out cars so that really wasn't a lot of fun i have no interest in betting the dolphins again they look like a team better suited for the acc coastal than the afc east so look anyone out there wants to take the 21 and a half god bless you you're an intrepid sort i'm not going to do that i also don't have a ton of interest in laying that big number with the Dallas Cowboys, although I do acknowledge that if I had to take the game, I would take the Cowboys. As far as the Jets and Patriots are concerned, like, the Jets guys, they're fucked. And so, too, are people that want to bet on the New York Jets on Sunday. You absolutely cannot bet on the Jets, no matter how big this spread gets. I think if I had to advocate betting for one or the other, I'd bet the Patriots. Luke Falk was on the Jets practice squad, like, last week. Like, there ain't no way they're staying competitive in this game. And bookmakers that we've had on You Better You Bet this week have all kind of said, like, you gotta lay the favorites here. Like this is a new age of NFL betting here where like normally you see a huge spread like this, you blindly take the underdog. You can't really do that here with the Jets down to their practice squad quarterback on the road at the Evil Empire. It ain't a new hope, right? Where Luke beats the Evil Empire. This is real life where the bad guys sometimes win. And you can't take the Miami Dolphins, who are the worst team I've ever seen through two weeks.
1: All right. So then what is your best bet, Nick, this week? Like if I only wanted to bet twenty bucks on one game what would you say, Ross, this is the game, I guarantee it, not really, but I virtually guarantee it.
6: I, I like a couple. Um, I'll, I'll go to San Francisco and I'll give you the Steelers um, as a touchdown underdog on the road at the San Francisco 49ers. I think Mason Rudolph's a lot better than people think. And I think the Steelers have kind of shown you guys what they think of Mason Rudolph, right, with the trade of for Minka Fitzpatrick trading next year's first round pick. You know, I don't think that Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin would have made that move unless they felt like they had a chance to compete this year. So I think they're kind of telegraphing their intentions here with Mason Rudolph. So I think Mason Rudolph's going to play decently in this game. It doesn't matter to me if James Conner's a or not, because I like Jalen Samuels. And Joe Staley's out for the 49ers. He's their best player on offense, their best offensive lineman. I think that's a pretty big deal. And I think the Steelers, as we're going to take a a stroll down narrative street here, will rally around their new quarterback. Defense plays better in this game. Overinflated spread. I like the Steelers um, as my best bet here, getting either a touchdown plus 6.5 on the road in San Francisco.
0: All right, my favorite two games of the week, Casey Baltimore, Rams-Cleveland, Two road favorites. How do you see them?
6: Um, I like the Chiefs uh, laying the number at home against uh, at Arrowhead against the Ravens here. Um, I look back to last week, um, the Ravens-Cardinals game, and I think everyone's kind of still stuck on the opener, Ravens-Dolphins 59-10. Last week, the Ravens probably should have lost that game to the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury inexplicably kicking three field goals inside the five yard line. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Mike Leach probably, you know, watching that game having a conniption, watching his former quarterback do that. That was really bad. Tyler Murray threw for 350 yards on this Ravens defense last uh, last week. This secondary is banged up, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day. I think this number is short. I would look to lay it with the Kansas City Chiefs. And interesting note on the total, um, it had been bet up to 55 and a half. Now it's down to 52. I kind of like the under earlier in the week. And that looks like it's coming to fruition here with the total being pushed down three and a half points. And as for the Rams and the Browns, I normally, guys, like the hashtag primetime home underdogs. So I should, in theory, like the Browns in this game. Couple problems with that, though. Number one. But Brown's offensive line is absolutely terrible. And I know we all want to crown John Dorsey as like the king of NFL personnel. This offensive line stinks and is going to be the bugaboo, the waterloo of this team. How are they going to block Aaron Donald? Answer, they're not going to be able to. And then you look at the coaching matchup in this game. Freddie Kitchens against Sean McVay. Freddie Kitchens at Baker Mayfield out there at the end of the game up by 20 points taking sacks. Freddie Kitchens, what the hell are you doing? Sean McVay going to coach circles around Freddie Kitchens on Sunday night. I'm going to lay it with the road favorite, the L.A. Rams. I don't like to do it, but I feel like I have to because I like to win and I like money and I'm a douche. All right. So,
1: Nick, unlike last week, we actually have some decent college football games on Saturday. Uh, We've got Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Tennessee, of course, the big one, Notre Dame, Georgia, the biggest one. Morgan State at Army that I will be broadcasting on CBS Sports Network noon on Saturday, May. Everybody, make sure you watch that. Of course, but give me give me your favorite college football bet out of the big boys on Saturday.
6: Out of the big boys, okay? Because I was going to give you like we had Colin Wilson from the Action Network on the show. You better you bet on Wednesday night. Um, Colin does the um, the college football uh, the Action Network college football podcast. You better to bet. Um, 5 to 6, 15 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So that'll be on later tonight. So listen to Colin and Stucky do that. He likes Pitt a lot against Central Florida. So I'll give that out as far as like an under-the-radar college game. As far as the big games are concerned, I like two a little bit. I like A&M to cover against Auburn. A&M's a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Bo Nix, Gus Malzahn, and Auburn. Um, that's a three thirty game. So I'm going to win on that game with Texas A&M. And that number's going to come down to three or maybe two-and-a-half. So I'm going to wait until Saturday to bet that. And then I'm going to take my winnings on Texas A&M. And I'm going to roll it over. On the Georgia Bulldogs, because Georgia's going to roll all over Notre Dame. New Mexico State ran the ball on Notre Dame last week. What do we think's going to happen with DeAndre Swift, the Heisman contender in Georgia? Fromm's going to do whatever he wants. Swift's going to do whatever he wants. Georgia can name its score in the game. Georgia's going to vaporize Brian Kelly, Ian Book, and Notre Dame off the face of the earth on Saturday night. Georgia crushes Notre Dame and covers that 14-point spread.
1: All right, and then the last one. I should have asked you this earlier, Nick. Uh, but Dave and I got into kind of a—I don't want to say it was a heated debate, but we got into a legitimate debate yesterday about Eli Manning and the there Hall of Fame. Don't, don't, don't interject. Let me just ask you. I'm going to ask you questions. I want yes or no responses, okay? Do you think at any point Eli Manning was one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL?
6: Yes. When 2007 2011 2008 when the Giants were the best team before Plaxico shot himself in the leg Giants were going to win back-to-back Super Bowls beat the Steelers in the regular season in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl Giants would have stomped Kurt Warner and the Cardinals if Plaxico Burris were healthy the Giants would have won back-to-back Super Bowls they were the best team and we wouldn't even be having this discussion so yes
1: so those three years you think he was one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL.
6: Five best quarterbacks like elevated his play like in the most important moments. Sure, yes, maybe like never as good as Brady Manning. I'm not going to say that or his brother Peyton. Maybe there were other quarterbacks, Drew Brees, that played better than he did. But in the biggest moments, he rose to the occasion. He is a Hall of Famer. Yes.
1: Um, so, do you think it? Do you would you agree, based on how bad he's played the last few years, that he's actually hurt his Hall of Fame candidacy?
6: Oh, there can be no question about it. And that's what kind of sucks about the whole thing. And like there is part of me that's kind of like they're benching him now that is career records 116 116 because they don't want him to go below 500 to hurt his Hall of Fame candidacy. Look, there's no doubt about it. He's stunk for years um like I'll make the case that for over the balance of their careers, I think I would be a homer if I said Eli's better than Roethlisberger. I won't do that. Ben's the better quarterback. Ben should go into the Hall of Fame. You know, if if, if one has to go in before the other, Ben should go in first. Um, but I'll make the case that Eli's better than Rivers over the balance of their careers. But there can be no question that Rivers has been better the last however many years. There's no If Eli walked away, let's say, after McAdoo got fired in 2017 and he got benched in that game for Geno Smith for that Raiders game, I don't think there's any doubt. It's last year and now this year he's become a national punchline. He really has hurt his kind of candidacy in the court of public opinion and it's sad to see as a Giants fan and an unabashed Eli Manning fanboy.
1: Okay, so are you just all about Daniel Jones playing well and and the Giants winning or do you realize that that would make your boy Eli look even worse really if the like if, if the Giants win on Sunday with Daniel Jones that that makes Eli look even worse?
6: Well, I'll say this. Like, I actually have a banner. It may, it may surprise you guys to hear in my apartment. I have a Giants Super Bowl banner with all the Super Bowls they've won. You can't take banners down. If Eli doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, it doesn't change his legacy with the Giants. It doesn't change the way Giants fans are going to feel about him. He slayed the 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 Dragon twice in Super Bowls. He beat Tom Brady twice. He stopped the Patriots from going undefeated. He will always be my favorite athlete. There's almost like nothing that could happen that would make anyone else my favorite athlete ever. So – yeah, I mean, if I want Daniel Jones to play well because my team has stunk for so long. Like, I would like an injection of excitement and youth and enthusiasm and winning. What a novel concept to my favorite football team. So, yeah, look, maybe it'll make Eli look worse. Look, here's the deal. Like, Daniel Jones is already better than Eli Manning because Daniel Jones can move. Eli can't move, guys. So the Giants' offense is going to be better. Like No one should be surprised when Daniel Jones is an upgrade over Eli Manning because anyone would be an upgrade over Eli Manning. Mitch Trubisky has had two of the worst games to start a season that we've seen in a long time. Mitch Trubisky is better than Eli Manning. So, yeah, Eli's going to look worse. Maybe it hurts his Hall of Fame candidacy, but you can't take down banners, baby, and you can't take off rings, and he's got two of them. Mitch
0: Trubisky is not – better than Eli Manning.
6: Yes, he is. Uh Bill yes,
0: right Burns is. On our staff. Can't, just, who says you can
6: Who says you can take off rings? <laughs> rings, go on. It was a stupid it, it was, was a stupid line. Yeah, whatever. It didn't work. Here's, I thought it sounded really good when I said it like in my house like wow, it's a great line. It was kind of kind of stupid, you're right.
0: Uh, one of our staff just slayed you. The only stat Eli has led the NFL in at any point is interceptions and he did that 3 times.
6: Great. What what, what about, you know what else he is? He's the only quarterback. Here's a stat for you. Tell Dylan Burns this and stick it in his pipe and smoke it. He's the only quarterback with two Super Bowl wins over, over Tom Brady. How about that? I'll take it. How about this? Who cares? Like, any giant, who cares that he led the league in interceptions three times? He was the number one overall pick in the draft, and he won two Super Bowls. What's the whole point of the entire thing? Is to win championships. He won championships. He could lead the league in interceptions every single year except for the two Super Bowl years. They could have gone 0-16 every single year. He won two championships. That's the point of the whole thing. He <laughs> delivered when with, with the draft promise, number one overall. He made it happen. So who cares about the interceptions? I don't care about it. I don't care about anything that's happened. We won two Super Bowls. And, damn it, that's right. We did. We did. We, the New York football giants, won it. Lead the league in interceptions. I don't care. We won two championships. And you can't take we. off rings. Damn it.
0: The we with the exclamation point. All right, last question. You really need to come out of your shell. Ross won't understand this. Like a lot of the things I say, were you a turtle from entourage separated at
6: birth? Um. I think I'm a lot better looking than Turtle, if I'm being sincere here. Now, like, I have never claimed to be like a Vincent Chase. Dave Briggs type looking guy here, <laughs> that for you, Ross. but you know, I, I'm better looking than turtle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, mean, yeah. I literally rolled out of bed like 25 minutes ago. Like my hair is all over the place here. I'm in good. You know, Jerry Ferrara is in good shape now. Jerry Ferrara, by the way, another great New York sports fan. Um, I think I'm better looking than turtle. I'm going to be real with you guys. And, and, and I'm down to criticize myself as much as anybody. I kind of think I'm better looking than turtle. So I kind of, I kind of resent the, uh, resent that there a little bit there. Mr. Put, Briggs, put the hat back on, put the hat back on. All right, hold on. But then I got to get like stung by a hornet or something, and inflate my it, face like like it was the first couple seasons. You are does better Ross looking. Really, does Ross really we, not know who Turtle from Entourage is? Is that possible? No, I don't think Ross knows what HBO is. Uh, but now I don't, Ross, really, I don't really
1: watch HBO.
6: Okay, but I will, Ross. I know you a little bit for a long time here. You would love love entourage love there's no question about it you should seek it out and watch it the first couple seasons are as good as it gets like as good as television gets
0: i would agree just don't he just sits there stone face unreal unreal. don't watch the movie it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen complete oh jesus christ now the ending
6: was (laughs) tremendous did you not like cheer at the ending when the movie ended like did you not like get up and want to cheer and cry and like and clap
0: that it was over. Yes, yeah. happy as hell.
1: Nick, Nick, your rants are more like Ari than Turtle.
6: Oh, there's no doubt. I am much more Ari. Ari said had a great line once, and I've kind of felt like this for a long time, and I've kind of like changed my tune a little bit. Can we curse on the show? Like, is that like frowned upon, or no? Yes. Cuz I curse all the time. On I, I I can. Okay, great. So Ari has a line, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and I may get it wrong. And he was like something like. I'm I'm miserable like I'm miserable when I'm making money like I'm miserable because I'm fucking rich and that's how kind of like yeah like yeah I like to like, get fired up throw a couple left bombs around so yeah like I do kind of I don't know if I'm good, as good looking as Jeremy Piven if we're being honest but yeah, by, but by I, the way I got, way, that, I
1: got by, that going on by the way neither one of you guys caught the fact I don't watch Entourage so for me to say your rants are more like Ari than Turtle I got that right from Jordan Cohn. For One sure. of our 74, 22-year-old interns—I still don't know what they do. He told to me Jordan, that line. Do you follow?
6: Do you follow Jordan on Twitter, Ross? Because I do. Absolutely not. No. No. Dick. I unfollowed you really quickly too, by the way. <laughs> I told Dick. you you would. Yeah, I because you 'cause you're—I yeah. said it. Ross. Ross is up in the ivory tower and Mount Pius, ringing the bell. You know, looking down every once in a while at the commoners, like like me and Jordan Cohn and Dylan Burns. We will never follow. I don't
0: know how in the hell we're going to top this. All yeah. right, my man, Nick Costos, great to have you. Uh, best of luck with the Giants this weekend. Hopefully you made us all some money. What What was the last line? New York, D- D- NYDB.
6: NYDB. N-Y-D-B. That, that's good. That's good. Look, you, guys, you, don't, you guys don't want to talk anymore HBO like a little a little Wire, a little Sopranos. I'm here for you guys with a little Breaking Bad, AMC. I love it guys. I appreciate the time.
0: Okay, all- okay. Sure. We are going to get in a break here. Our producer is going to kill okay. us. HBO asked two days ago who's the best ever HBO character and is it obviously Tony Soprano?
6: Yeah, I think it kind of has to be Tony, right? I mean, maybe Omar from The Wire would have to be up there as well. Um, So yeah, but how could it... Kenny Powers is really good too, you know. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, kind of like a real show, I guess. So like Larry David is not really like a real character, I guess, but Larry David's up there. It's got to be Tony Soprano though. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But I will say, Dave, maybe this for another time, Breaking Bad, the best television show of all time, better than The Sopranos, better than The Wire. How about that?
0: It's about to get quiet because we know Ross doesn't watch HBO and I have never seen a single episode and I've only seen one episode of Game of Thrones, the final episode. Well, so, you picked Phil. the worst
6: one to watch, so that, that seems like it was a poor, a minus EV decision to watch the final episode of Game of Thrones, which was hot fucking garbage. It was terrible. And I read the Game of Thrones books literally 20 years ago. You want to talk about nerd? I read those books when I was in college also, Ross. Not, that's what I was doing in college, not getting laid, wearing jerseys, reading <laughs> fantasy books about dragons and shit. The final season of Game of Thrones was fucking terrible, man. Damn, you got to get Dave on, like, season one. Watch that. That was good stuff.
0: Well— Tucker, have you ever seen have you ever seen Tony Soprano? Have you seen the the Sopranos? I've seen some
1: episodes, yeah. I've seen uh, some episodes. Shut, no, you haven't. Yes, I have. No. no I've seen a no, few episodes. Haven't. Look, guys, unlike <laughs> you, I live a very full life. I have children. Ivory I have every tower. Wife. Ding, I d I don't ding, have time. I don't have time to sit in my cave and watch TV shows, okay? I'd rather yeah, be Ivory out. Tower enjoying the weather sipping a beverage talking with friends Twitter. you know i'd rather live my life than watch other people live their lives on television
6: that is that is one of the great like that, like athlete douchebag comments of all time yeah. and i love you for it buddy it is fucking classic <laughs>
1: it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like you guys you know how remember how you guys used to watch me on tv playing in the nfl kind of like that <laughs> Like you guys watch <laughs> on TV. Listen, I'm how about out this? There. I'm out there participating on the stage and you guys are in the gallery. Okay? Like that's it's like that's kind our buddy
6: <laughs> our mutual buddy Evan Silva Ross has that great line, you stay being a fan and I'll stay being the man. That should be your line. You send me, by the way, a Ross Tucker, like Bill's jersey, I will wear it the next time on this podcast. When I come on with you guys on the show, I will wear the Ross Tucker jersey because I have no shame, and I support you, Ross, even though you shit on me constantly. I still love you, buddy. Still love, it. and I still follow you on Twitter and Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL, like everybody else should. How about that, buddy?
0: Uh, it only Nick, makes I him douchier that he went to Princeton, you know. I and mean, I, just and by makes- the
1: way, I will be on. I will be on. Uh, not for very long, but I will be on Sunday's edition of You Better You Bet. We I'll had a blast it. last Sunday for yeah. three hours. It was awesome. Dave, I made the I made the landbreaking comment that I like to bet on underdogs that I think can win the game.
6: <laughs> no, but no, but you don't understand. Like, Dave, he delivered this information. It was like like he had like he had the cure for rare disease. He was like, guys, hold the show. Everyone, everyone, everyone listening and watching and working here at radio.com sports, Jordan Cohen, you included, stop what you're doing. I'm gonna lay something on you here that's gonna revolutionize the way we bet on sports. What you wanna do is bet on underdogs that you think can win the game.
0: Imagine I gotta write this is that down
6: right here. <laughs> mic drop. Like I gotta the, write like, that Mike down. It. The the, here, here it is. It, it's 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 Newton's theory of gravity, Einstein's theory of relativity, Tucker's theory of underdogs. I would say those are the the, the three right there.
1: Oh, I'm crying. That,
0: <laughs> that goes on your gravestone. That goes on the Ross Tucker gravestone. He went to Princeton and then that, just that quote. I like That's to good. bet on underdogs who can win the game. You are a, a freaking genius.
6: I mean, I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> hey, it,
0: he has revolutionized the gambling what industry. What, what are you drinking there, Costas? What are you
1: drinking there?
6: I cold i brew my own coffee. So I do like, I buy like the ground coffee. Um, really dark roast and I like brew it in like this, like, uh, this big Mason jar. So I do my own coffee here. So this is like cold brew coffee that I have in my refrigerator and, uh, love drinking a cup or two in the morning trem- or a glass or two in this instance in the morning. So why, this is why cold, dark why cold coffee. brew? Um, I don't, I, I prefer ice. I mean, maybe this makes me like a sociopath, but I prefer, and that may be true anyway. I prefer cold coffee to hot coffee, even in like the dead of winter. I like cold, I got like a nice cold coffee in the morning. So I like the cold brew. It's stronger knocks me on my ass a little bit, tastes really good. And I don't put, I see, I'm a real man, Ross. I drink coffee with no cream, no sugar, just straight up black, the way the good Lord intended for it to be consumed.
0: I feel you. Cold brew is absolutely the way to go. It wakes me up better. I don't get hot and sweaty. and Hot coffee kind of makes me tired. Yeah, Tucker, dr- Tucker drinks a, a coffee milkshake. It what do you have on your shoulder shot.
6: right now, Dave? What do you what is that? A baseball bat? You look like you're posing for like a promotional picture there with like the tie a little askew, baseball bat on the shoulder. Oh, is that like Steve Marucci? I, I don't know. What we got there? Yeah. No,
0: no, no. I mean, it's just Oh, wow. These, these bats just you know, like Tom Cruise and a few good men, and yeah. he always has that bat and it helps him he think help. a little bit more. I, I, yeah. I like to have a, a ball or a bat. Sometimes I hold a dodgeball because my, my studio, if you will, at home actually doubles as a dodgeball court for my kids. So I like to have some sort of uh, – some piece of athletic wear. Um, yeah, I don't, have a I don't know if I feel entirely
6: comfortable. I don't know if I feel entirely comfortable with you like doing the show. with like you might be like Tony Soprano with the baseball bat slung over your shoulder like that, Dave.
0: <laughs> I do have anger issues. I do – I should put it down. I should put it over on a shelf because – I, I, I do have some weird. anger issues, but it's Tucker that actually you, beats the crap on us. It's weird. All so right.
1: two things, two things. Number one, when he first had the bat like that, Nick, he a thousand percent was doing that because he thought it looked cool. And it was absolutely like he was uh Mike Trout on the cover of GQ magazine <laughs> Dave, or men's true? fitness or something. A thousand percent. Number two, when you're in a conversation with people and in the middle of the conversation, you pick up a bat like that. When you're even not trying we're to, we're Even though we're not in the same room, it, it it's like you're threatening us. It's like it is. you like it, it's like oh really? I didn't like that comment. Let me just ta- okay, Costos, you're the odds maker, okay? Okay. A fight between me and Dave Briggs. Dave Briggs starts the fight with a bat. What How are the odds there? It?
6: Dave's probably, like, six, one or 6'2, right? Piece of Dave, shit, right? Dave, Dave is 6'2, six, six, one? 190. Is. Genetic fucking lottery winner. Unbelievable. Um, so Dave starts, and Ross, you're, like, what, 6'4, six, 6'5? Six, you probably outweigh him uh, by 50 pounds. I I, I got to take, cause I feel like Ross is, like, Ross is, like, Hodor strength, and, like, Ross, you guys won't get the reference and so don't watch this Game of Thrones, but Ross would kind of, like, like knock the bat away. I I take, I I. Ross minus 150, Dave plus 130 with the bat. I I would lay it with Ross. I think Ross would take him down. With a bat? Yeah, because you'd get like one swing. He'd like knock the bat away. Like maybe it would like bruise his forearm, but his adrenaline would be going nuts and then he'd kill you.
0: Dude, he was a former offensive lineman. I'm going for his fucked up knees and he's done. (laughs) All I need is one shot. He is done. I get that guy in the knees, game over. Okay, so so a couple things here. Number
6: one, Dave's got a bat on his shoulder. Number two, he says he has anger issues. Number three, he says he's going to attack your injured knees. Dave Briggs might be the sociopath here, perhaps even a psychopath.
1: So, Dave, you number you would not get a clean shot on me with the bat. Number one. Number two, I would just tackle you. I would just run at you, and you wouldn't get a clean. And I would take you down to the ground. And I would then take you down to Chinatown. You would be dead. I, I, I'll just tell you this you in all sincerity. Like you can't
6: in, say in things all, like take you down. That's a terrible line. Awful.
1: Okay. Well, in all sincerity, <laughs> all I sincerity. think I think you guys would both be very surprised by how mean and ruthless I can be. I
6: wouldn't like, be. I just, I just set you the favorite. And he's got a bat. I was, think
1: you'd beat him. Like if, it, if anybody ever got in a fight with me. You'd, you'd have to kill me to beat me in a fight. You'd have to kill me. I, I believe it. Because I, I will it. just keep coming at you. Like, I'd be willing to do things to your face and to your body that other people just aren't willing to do.
6: Fair enough. I'm, I'm a passenger myself.
1: <sighs> what movie is it? What movie is it where that guy takes the bat or to show where they literally showed the guy bashing the people's face in with the bat? It was um, popular recently.
6: I, I hate to say this, guys, but like Kansas City's calling me. I kind of have to go to do this radio spot. All uh, right, see ya. <laughs>
0: All it's right. Up. I'm dropping N Y D B. Can we just wrap it up, man? I mean, where the hell do we go from that? I mean, that was
1: that was like break. 30 We're minutes.
0: Like, I know
1: we say less than five <laughs> minutes uh, of commercials per. We didn't even do. We did two in an hour and a half. <laughs>
0: Hey, man, you got to go with it when it's working well. We got a lot coming up. We got Jeffrey Wright from 92.9 in Memphis talking about the Titans game tonight. And we got Pete Dammel from Yahoo Sports talking about college football, that Notre Dame-Georgia game in the NCAA. Will they have to pay the athletes? New York, South Carolina, California. Everybody's coming out, and we're going to take a quick break here on Home and Home. We'll be back.